We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Up by Adams working inside. Whistle and one. Oh! And T. Ferg rocking the rim. What is up, Thunder fans? And welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast. I am your host, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. We are proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. And with the NFL Conference Championships tomorrow, shout out them Chiefs. Big Chiefs fan here. Um, sorry if you guys are not. However, uh, with, the, with the big championship games tomorrow, as well as just the NBA trade, trade deadline rapidly approaching, and um, the NBA season halfway through officially, which seems pretty crazy, you guys definitely need to check out uh, Blue Wire Podcast on social media as well as just all their podcasts in general. They have have you guys covered if you're a soccer fan, if you're into sports gambling, obviously NFL, NBA, MLB, they have you covered uh, on the come up. Really excited to be a, a part of their family, so be sure to check them out as well. And we are also brought to you guys today by our sponsor, Untuck It, which I will get into here in a little bit. Now, there was a lot going on tonight. Very busy night in the sporting world. You have the Lakers facing the Rockets in a Western Conference powerhouse showdown. You have the Thunder facing the Blazers, obviously, which I'll get into here pretty quickly. And then you have uh, Conor McGregor face uh, Cerrone, I believe is how you pronounce it, a.k.a. the Cowboy, the American. I think a lot of us Americans were, were rooting for uh, rooting for the, for the Cowboy. Well, I'm sure there's quite a few people rooting for McGregor as well, as so he's kind of a national figure. Um but that lasted for like 40 seconds. <laughs> it was not a long fight. Hopefully you guys didn't spend too much money on that fight because it did not last very long at all. Now, fortunately, jumping into the game, uh, for the Thunder, they did not fall in the same category as the Rockets or Cerrone. 
and they snapped a two-game losing streak, beating the Blazers 119-106 to at home. Uh, that makes them good for 24-19 on the season, and that puts them three games behind the sixth-place Rockets, <laughs> laugh out loud, <laughs> and three-and-a-half games ahead of the eighth-place eighth Grizzlies. I can't talk, sorry, uh, which is pretty insane. They're sitting sitting pretty comfort comfortably in that, that seventh seed. Um, it just seems crazy now that after the Rockets losing to the Lakers tonight without Anthony Davis, mind you, they are now um, only three games ahead of the Thunder for this, that sixth-place spot in the West. So now uh, let's just go ahead and jump into tonight's game. Obviously, that's why you guys are here. <laughs> but before we get into tonight's game, there's just some quick pregame notes that are notable that I wanted to, to bring up before we jump into the themes for tonight. And uh, the, so Thunder and Blazers, they both were very shorthanded. For starters, uh, earlier today, Woj of ESPN, very infamous, uh, he tweets a Woj, well, I, don't know, I don't know if you should call it a Woj bomb, but a trade nevertheless, which is exciting for us NBA trade junkies like myself, who are just getting super excited for the trade deadline. The Blazers traded Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and two second-round picks, quite a bit, which is something we'll, I'm sure we will get into um, for our our weekly podcast here Sunday night when we, when we record, and then also um, that will drop Monday morning. So I won't go into this too much, but... Uh, like I said, Kent Bazemore, Tolliver, and two second-round picks for Trevor Griza, Winyan Gabriel, and Caleb Swanigan um, with the Sacramento Kings. And so you combine that with C.J. McCollum being out with an ankle injury that he sustained last night on the first night of a back-to-back, which both teams had, mind you. Uh, the Blazers had only eight active Blazers. Active Blazers. I guess you could call them that. Players. Um, Blazers call them eight active players that works <laughs> only had eight active players tonight which obviously um is is a big disclaimer kind of he- heading into this entire game because they did not have a lot of options now with that being said meanwhile okc had ferg out with an illness um, he only played the first quarter of last night's game and and then the thunder came out and said that uh, he was going to miss the remainder of the game with an illness and he did not play tonight as well with that same illness speaking of which justin Patton who had an incredible game with the OKC Blue last week. Um, he also was out with an illness. Hopefully there's not the same bug going around the Thunder locker room because that would really suck. Um, but there's no confirmation there that it was the same bug or anything like that, just mentioning that. Um, Nader was out with still with his ankle injury, and then Gallo was out for what the Thunder just referred to as rest on the second night of a back-to-back. Now, Speaking of which, uh, Brady Trantham of their franchise asked a really good question, just mentioning to Billy. So, like, does this mean that um, that we can expect Gallo to rest on the second night of back-to-backs now, some load management? And Billy replied, he mentioned that there's no load management plan for Gallo on back-to-backs. But when he's feeling like he is right now, and these aren't direct quotes, but essentially he was saying when he's feeling like he is um, today, before today's game, they're trying to avoid that. So... That definitely leads to speculation because he had a minor injury here um, last week. The Thunder were very conservative of, and they didn't play him very much. Um, they catch him out a little longer than I think some of us fans min- or some some, some of us fans um, kind of thought. And now this uh, on the second night of back to back, they're going to 
going to go ahead and rest him. So is there a trade coming <laughs> with the traded line getting close, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast? Or is it just literally them trying to be cautious with Gallo, who is known to be injury prone and who's played so incredible for the Thunder? He played a lot of minutes last night um, against the Miami Heat, had a great showing. Maybe they do just want to try and preserve him in case they do want to try and make a playoff push. We won't know. We literally won't know until the trade deadline here in about two and a half weeks. Um, but regardless, it's something to monitor. So th- that's kind of some quick pregame notes. And I want to do a quick uh, game breakdown for those of you guys who missed it or just want a little refresher. So first and foremost, with only eight active players, this is kind of funny. I asked for predictions on how many points and how many shot attempts Melo would get tonight. And I said that the winner... Or whoever was the closest would get a shout-out on the pod. Well, um, maybe good for, I, I guess good for the Thunder and good for us Thunder fans. <laughs> Melo ended on 9 points for 4-13 shooting, so none of us were even close. All of us were just, like, you know, saying 23 points on, like, 18 football attempts, for example. And um, it was nowhere near, nowhere near that. So, like I said, a ple- pleasant surprise or rather maybe something we should have predicted, <laughs> if we're being completely honest here. Um, so shout out Mellow. Mellow return game. Fortunately, it wasn't a revenge game. So let's jump into this quick recap. First quarter, Hami started with Baisley. Uh, or Hami and Baisley started for, uh, for Ferg and Gallo, respectively, with those injuries and sicknesses, like I mentioned. Um, CP3 had 10 of the Thunder's first 20 points in the first five and a half minutes. 4 of 4 from the field, which is incredible, which is a positive I'll get into here in a little bit. Obviously, I think Chris Paul being the leader of this team, he made it a point, and the team made it a point to come out aggressive and strong compared to the last couple of games, which was critical. And we saw that translate into a win tonight, regardless of injuries that Blazers, or the the missing players that the Blazers may have sustained, and it worked. Uh, Lou Dort, (laughs) he checked in with 529 left in the first, pretty early and immediately draws an offensive foul on Dame Lillard. He split the Dame Lillard uh, defensive responsibility with Hamadou Diallo and was incredible. Um, he, he also went, uh, I think like two possessions later, drew another offensive foul on Melo and just came out and immediately had an impact on the game, which is another positive that I'll get into here in a little bit. Thunder made it to the free throw line 10 times in the first quarter. Really, really start, solid start, particularly when taking into consideration the past couple of games, like I mentioned a little bit ago. So second quarter, uh, the Thunder defense kind of eased up a little bit. They let uh, Portland keep within 10 for the majority of the quarter. However, some of the best highlights of the, of the night, I think, came from the four, or from here and the fourth as well. And for example, one of my favorite plays of the game, New Orleans blocks Simons, uh, their beloved Simons, Basically to his death. I mean, it was just full on, like, the equivalent of a poster dunk. That's what Nerlens did on that block. It was incredible. The Thunder get that ball. They run in transition. Baisley takes it, probably from the top of the key, goes in transition, gets a monster slam, and just smiles from Baisley, smiles from everyone. We were all having a ton of fun. Just a great possession. Kind of the epitome of this game, for being completely honest. And um, per... And then continuing with the the second quarter fun, per our own Jacob Niffin, at one point, Billy had a lineup consisting of a 19-year-old, a 20-year-old, two 21-year-olds, and a 25-year-old. Very young, very exciting, I think very indicative of what's to come. 
that's going to become even younger when you trade away obviously some of these vets like we mentioned in our previous podcast but then um, all these draft picks coming up you're gonna get younger and younger when you have these athletes and these fun potential players like we do that's really exciting so uh, also in the second quarter Shea was killing it in the pick and roll he was scoring at the rim basically at will just had some incredible shots um incredible moves just it's so fun to watch him and if you guys haven't read zach lowe's article his he does a 10 things i like and 10 things i don't like uh, once a week on fridays and this past friday he actually talked about one thing he did like was shay uh, driving to the rim and being able to score off the backboard almost like wherever he is and really good read I highly recommend it because that's exactly what he was doing uh, in the second quarter specifically, but also almost the entirety of the game. Now, there was a stretch where we saw Shea as a sole ball handler, and it looked incredible, which is a really exciting, really fun look at what we can expect if the Thunder, uh, or not if, when the Thunder eventually reposition and are at the point where they're ready for rebuild. Now, per Eric Horn, at half, the Thunder had as many points in the paint, 34 points, uh, Eric Horn, the athletic, 34 points in the paint in the first half. That's as much as they had the entire night against the Miami Heat last night, the first night, the first game of the back-to-back, which is just absolutely absurd. Third quarter happens. I don't have nearly as much to mention other than Chris continued to be hot. He had a great, great game, which I'll get into. Basically hits a career high of 11 rebounds, but that continued. Another thing I'll get into, and I'll give you his total here in a little bit. Dennis scored his first two points of the night in the third quarter with 225 left, which is just something that we haven't seen the entirety of the season. Seems pretty crazy. And the Thunder ended the third on a 10-4 run, uh, largely largely sparked by Dennis Schroeder's kind of Dennis Schroeder getting kind of hot there. And I think that's something something to keep in mind when we go forward with the podcast. Fourth quarter. Thunder starts to pull away, essentially. Dort gets an and one to start the fourth. Schroeder follows with a three. Another monster Deontay dunk. Deontay and Dort were just so much fun tonight. Um, and the snowball effect essentially happens. OKC rolls on. Schroeder had 10 of the Thunder's last 15 at one point. Um, after not scoring, like I said, until the end of the third. Hashtag spark plug. And Deontay was just pretty much phenomenal uh, to end the third quarter and heading into the fourth. He was cutting to the basket often. He was disruptive, disruptive on defense, had a couple of awesome cuts to the basket. I, I think I just mentioned that, <laughs> sorry. But his cuts were awesome. I mean, he had some huge dunks. Um, I was reading the floor super well. And one of those included a huge dunk and drawing a foul um, almost immediately. I think it was like the, the next possession afterwards. Like, Dante was just really, really good here during this stretch and was huge for this team. During this season where he hasn't been nearly as great as he was last year in his limited time, I think this year we've seen Deontay really struggle trying to adjust. He's not getting nearly as much playing time. A night like tonight where a lot of guys are injured, Deontay gets more time. I thought he was he gave some great minutes. And Billy, was uh, he praised Deontay, Dort, Diallo, all the young guys, Baisley, all the young guys in his post-game interview, and I thought that was um, something to at least note. So Deontay was great. I don't I actually, I, now that I think about it, I don't think I have him in my positives, so I want to go ahead and make this a positive. Deontay had a really good game. Uh, I'm still skeptical of his, of where he fits kind of, for one, with his team, because he's kind of redundant in terms of the athletes and players you have on this team, but also where he fits in terms of the NBA moving forward. Um, but he can make things happen. 
and because of that, he might just have a spot regardless of what happens. So that's something to keep in mind. Let's go ahead and, and add that to an early positive. <laughs> and then my last bullet point I have here for the fourth quarter, I'll go through it quickly. I think you have to mention the sequence where Nerling gets, gets a steal, who was great tonight. Schroeder does a little, he kicks out to Schroeder. He does a little spin move at half court, which was awesome just to begin with. Makes you kind of go ooh and ah, right? And then he kicks it, kicks it to Chris Paul. Chris Paul drives. You think he's just going to go and either draw a foul or maybe get a layup. Instead, he makes a gorgeous pass for a slashing Nerlens Noel coming down, trailing behind on the fast break. Nerlens gets a monster, monster dunk in transition, alley-oop. Just so much fun. And that basically sealed the game. I think that's where you, you end it right there. Basically, that, that halted all momentum that Dame Lillard, essentially the only player who had momentum for the Blazers, um, had going there. And it was just, it, it was awesome. Perfect way to kind of end the game there. So needless to say, this game was a lot more fun than the last two. I'm thankful that I got to cover it. And there was a lot of positives, not so many negatives, which is always makes for a great post-game podcast and a really fun game. But before we get into those positives, negatives, and some Twitter questions, we got a word from one of our sponsors, Untucked. So have you ever seen an Untucked button down? They don't look great. And why is that? Well, it's because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size, no matter your shape, Untuck It always falls at the perfect untucked length. More than 50-plus combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, athletic guys of all ages. Me personally, I actually, uh, I think I've mentioned this before in, one, in some of our podcasts, but I was in Kansas City here a couple months ago for a wedding. And I'm going through... I think it was a Plaza, Plaza District, and uh, I come across an Untucked store in the wild. <laughs> I go in, and everything they mention in their ads, because we had already been doing some of these ads, spot on. Um, I love some of their shirts. They had flannels, they had button downs, obviously. They had, I think they had some polos as well, and the staff was incredible. Super impressed with their, super impressed with their brick and mortar stores. So definitely be sure to check those out. But their online store is just as awesome. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, too big ever again. And their website is super easy to use. They even use a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So, whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at at checkout. That's untuckit.com, promo code BLUE for 20% off. Now, let's jump into some positive and negatives for tonight's game, kind of break down these themes. Um, I always want to end on positives, because who wants to end on negatives on a negative note? And tonight was an awesome positive game, so let's end on some negatives. Or, sorry, <laughs> goodness. Uh, end on some positives. Start with some negatives. My first of those negatives is turnovers and points off turnovers, which unfortunately is kind of becoming a theme over the past couple of games. I mentioned this in my last post-game pod earlier this week, I believe on Wednesday. But this continues to be a problem. The Thunder had 13 turnovers tonight to the Blazers, 12. 13 points off turnovers to the Blazers, 14. And now I realize that's not a big discrepancy. However, it's something to keep an eye on because this is something that it's becoming a reoccurring theme um, obviously, last night against the Heat, a couple of nights ago against the 
um, Toronto Raptors. And it's not great. You know, we need our ball handlers to be taking care of the ball. And I think Steven had three turnovers. Hami had three. Those were the two that led the team. They obviously are not ball handlers. And I think we get some guys healthy, like Terrence Ferguson and um, Danilo Gallinari, and the Lamps kind of get back where Billy intends them to be. Those turnovers and some of the defensive issues will go down. But regardless, it seems to be like new people each night, which may maybe even more of an issue, right? If it's one person, you kind of hone in on them and try and get them to hone in on those uh, those turnovers, for example. That's one thing. But it doesn't seem to be one person. I think that's an issue. So that's something that the Thunder need to keep in mind, something that Billy kind of needs to enforce, and obviously Chris Paul, some of the leaders of the team. I'm not too concerned about it yet, but it's certainly something that I at least want to bring up, and I think something that we all as Thunder fans need to keep an eye on. My next negative, I mentioned Hami had three turnovers tonight. And speaking of Hami, I'm going to go ahead and throw him as much as it pains me. Because I'm the biggest Hamadou Diallo fan that you will ever find. Me and my uh, little brother, Hayden Peterson, HPOKC, on Twitter, I believe. Um, we're huge Hami fans. And obviously, he's been going through some injuries. And coming back, you're going to be a little rusty. But even then, he's looked a a little too rusty to me over the past couple of games. And I'm going to go ahead and throw him in as a negative. His stat line tonight was four points, one rebound, and two of five shooting. Not a lot of opportunity, which makes sense. I mean, you throw Ferguson to that same role, and that's something we've kind of complained about for Ferguson. Uh, I think it's just kind of the role of this team and the way this team runs. That shooting guard position, or I guess small forward position, um, because Chase in the shooting guard position. So the small forward position where Hami and Ferguson are coming in, when they're probably more of like shooting guards, that probably probably plays a huge role into this. And there's not a lot of opportunity for them in this offense. But with that being said, I thought he had an extremely um, hard assignment guarding Dame, obviously. And he did a decent job overall. But even then, he's not playing the same defensive level, or playing at the same defensive level that he was prior to his injury. And honestly, I thought Lou Dort was the best defender on Dame tonight. <laughs> I really do. I'm not saying that's like a biased standpoint. I thought he played a better, better defense on Dame. Um, Homing struggled to make things happen offensively. He still looks to be kind of shaking off rust, like I mentioned earlier. He's just, he doesn't have much of an, off, of an outside shot, which is obviously pretty critical <laughs> in today's NBA. And then you take into consideration that he still isn't 100% maybe or is trying to kind of get back into the flow of things since reco uh, recovering from his injury. He's not putting the ball on the floor nearly as strong as he was prior to his injury this season when he was looking so great. He's not driving quite as well. He's trying to drive, but he's not doing nearly as well. He's just kind of continuing to struggle. Um, and I'm hoping he's able to shake off the rust get back to playing like he was this season pre-injury because he looked great out there. He was a big contributor, and he's somebody that essentially forced Billy to put him out on the floor. But regardless, like I said, just like the uh, turnovers, the points off turnovers, it may not be like a negative for the season overall, but it's something that I at least want to bring up as a negative for tonight's game. Kind of keep an eye on moving forward when you have guys like Lou Dort stepping up and kind of filling that same role but just doing it better as much as that pains me and as much as I love Lou something to keep an eye on another negative I guess one last negative thankfully I only had three really that kind of stood out to me three point percentage 
Obviously, December takes a nosedive without Danilo Gallinari. However, the Thunder shot only 7 of 22 from 3, which is good for 31.8% tonight without Gallo. This has been a theme recently, something that kind of, that not kind of, really hurts this team. Even, even without Gallo, or even with Gallo, Baisley was 0 of 2, Shea was 0 of 4. Shea's been shooting fairly decent so far this season um, from the three-point line, and I think I actually think Jacob mentioned that in his, his last post-game podcast from last night, so you guys need to go and check that out. However, no one else really shot that much from outside tonight, and that's why Miami's zone defense works so well on OKC, like I mentioned last night on the back, the first night of the back-to-back, because they really don't have all that many shooters unless that three-point guard line lineup who we've we've raved so much about and has such a great uh, net rating. When those guys are hitting three-point shots, they're impossible to stop especially when you add Gallo into that mix. However, when you take Gallo out of that mix and those three-point guard lineups are not hitting, their sh- hitting those shots, which right that right there, Gallo not being there, is obviously a huge correspondent. But needless to say, you need players to be able to step up and hit those shots. And, you know, like I said, these, these players have to get better at shooting. Or if Sam decides, Sam Presti decides that he wants to make a little playoff push, I think he has to find outside shooting to help supplement this team. Obviously, the the dream candidate is like Robert Covington, for example. That's not going to happen. That man is one of the most highly sought-after trade candidates, probably outside of Danilo Gallinari in the entire league right now. Um, But with all that being said, if if Presti decides he wants to make a playoff push, he's got to find another shooter. But if not, he's got... just kind of have to hope that some of the other guys are able to develop a three-point shot like Baisley, for example. Because if Gallo gets traded, this team basically only has its three-point guard lineup to re- to rely on for three-point shots. So it's just something to keep in mind. Um, Thunder is not a great three-point shooting team right now. And that's not something super surprising to us Thunder fans, but something to keep in mind moving forward. Now, a whole lot of positives. I, uh, I always spend way too long in the first part of the podcast. <laughs> So I'll try and fight through these a, a little bit more because I have more positives. First, Thunder outscored the Blazers 64-42 to 42 in the paint. And like I mentioned earlier, Thunder had as many points in the paint at the half than they did the entire game last night versus Miami, which is a stat from the Athletics' Eric Horn, which is pretty incredible. Um, having Steven back, and, and I don't want to say completely healthy, but just having him back in the lineup was so huge. And with all due respect to Mike Muscala, who I don't have any ill will towards at all, but we don't have to play him that much. Um, or it, we, not even that. If you can just play him a power forward compared to center, that's huge. And so having Steven back in the mix with Noel for your center lineup, I, I think that's a huge, huge uh, part of that. Now, saying all that, I thought the Thunder's best center tonight and maybe you guys will disagree with me. If you do, feel free to tweet at me or the uncontested. I thought the best center tonight on the floor for the Thunder was Nerlens Noel. Nerlens had 15 points, five rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks on six and seven from the field. Not to mention some great defense on Hassan Whiteside and whoever, whoever the hell the Blazers played a backup center. I don't even know who who it was. I mean, just they were throwing out bodies and rightfully so. But I thought Nerlens was great. Um, I, and I say that as an avid Steven supporter. And I honestly, I hope that OKC does not trade Steven because I love Steven so much. I just hope that Steven can, 
can't continue to stay healthy. He's been critical for the, the success of this team. But Nerlens was awesome. He's been playing great these past two games since he's been back from injury, and this is something we said all season. Nerlens is the perfect backup center for this team. Unfortunately, I think that raises his trade value, and I think he could be a um, potentially a starting center for a certain team. Kind, of, kind of like Shooter, right? Could be a, a starting point guard for a specific team. I think Shooter kind of fits into that that same category for specific teams looking for centers, or even just a backup center who can play a lot of minutes. Um, all that's to say this, uh, Nerlens was absolutely positive tonight. Another positive, the Thunder point guards, I'm grouping them all together, and you'll see why here, hopefully, once I get through this. Let's start with CP3. He ties a season high of 30 points. He had four, additionally, he had four rebounds, seven assists, on 11 of 15 shooting. He missed four shots the entire game. He was three of five from three, and here's another catch outside of that 11 of 15. 11 to 15 shooting. He only shot 20. Er, only shot 27 minutes. <laughs> he only played 27 minutes. So let's take that into consideration. If Portland is at full health and this game is tight until the very end, Chris Paul probably reaches his, his career high of 43 points, which I know, courtesy of our very own Nick Crane, who tweeted out earlier in the game. If if Chris plays more than 27 minutes, if he plays like a, a full game or if this game goes into overtime with a healthy Portland, for example, I think Chris reaches that 43 points. He was just on fire. He looked incredible. Now, for reference, um, how great Chris Paul has been the first half of the season, Fox Sports posted this great graphic tonight. Um, obviously, tonight versus Portland, he had 30 points. December 16th versus Chicago, he had 30 points as well. He also had 30 points versus Minnesota on December 6th. Um, January 7th at Brooklyn, he had 28. And November 15th, first Philadelphia, he had 27 points. So he has just been pretty incredible. Now, let's move on to the next next point guard, the young and budding. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I know there's other people out there in the OKC and maybe, in, maybe even the NBA media who are kind of hesitant, hesitant to say this. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The young and budding superstar and Shea Gilgis Alexander, 22 points, 10 rebounds, five assists, five assists, uh, nine of 17 shooting, four of six from the free throw line. He made it, I love that last stat so much. He's getting to the free throw lines and and getting fouled, which is huge. And as Jacob, our very own Jacob, mentioned in last night's pod, he's starting to see the floor better, which is leading to more assists for him. Um, there was a stretch in the second quarter where we got to see Shea as the sole ball handler. I mentioned that earlier in your podcast, which with just like a whole bunch of youth around him, and he was everything you wanted to see. It was incredible, and I actually think at that point that Jacob and and I echoed the sentiment, but it was maybe the like our favorite lineup of the entire season. Um, he was drive Shea was driving to the rim. He was getting fouled. He was um, finding others around the rim. Um, like, like he was finding his teammates. This kid is. He seems special. He really does, and it makes me very excited to see him once the rebuild slash repositioning, replenish officially happens. Def- he, he definitely needs to still hone in on that jumper, that three-point shot. Like I said, he didn't make a single three-point shot tonight. He's been getting better and better at that as the season goes along. Still needs to hone in on that. I mean, even if he can just develop like a mid-range jumper, 
I mean, Shea's going to be unstoppable just because of his change of pace and change of direction. Um, he just creates so much space for himself. So once he develops that jumper, I mean, it's going to be big time. That makes me really excited. Um, but also his defense is something else that he needs to continue to hone in on. But I've gone way too long on Shea. Shooter is the third point guard, the three-headed dragon, or the third head of the three-headed dragon in this three-point guard lineup. He had 15 points, three rebounds, four assists on 5-11 shooting and 2-2 two, two from three. However, what's really interesting, I think I mentioned this earlier as well, but he scored his first two points with 2.25 left in the third, which is pretty incredible um, when you take into consider consideration what he's done the entirety of the season. That's not very like him. Um, he's literally a walking spark plug, and he kind of reminds me of Russ in a way in which he's, he's frustrating at times when he's missing his shots and he's forcing too much and he's he has turnovers, but he always proves himself worthwhile, and you can't help but love him and root for him, particularly because he just seems to come clutch in the right, come up clutch in the right moments, and um, so that's that's just a comparison that I have that I always think of when I watch Shooter, even though they're completely not completely, but uh, pretty different players. It still reminds me of us, for that very reason I stated. So now I know I've gone long, but my final positive I have here is the the rookie Darius Baisley. Had a career high of 13 rebounds in his start tonight. Had 9 points. He was only 2-9 shooting. Not great. But he was 5-6 from the free throw line. He had another block and great defense. Um, particularly on Carmelo Anthony. I mentioned Melo's stat line earlier. A lot of that is due to Darius Baisley, the rookie. Which seems pretty crazy. But if you watch the game, I think you guys will agree. Not to mention he had another monster dunk in transition. And he just... He had a stretch where he drove multiple times in a row, right? He had one possession that led to a block, one that led to a turnover. I think another that led to a buy. It was just a very, very ugly series, back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. But he kept driving. Uh, he continued to drive to the rim. And he just has so much confidence, and, which just gets me so excited for him. It, it really does. Um, and I think it's something that you, you really need to, to kind of hone in on it. Like I, I challenge you guys to watch Baisley on both ends, specifically each night. And I think you guys will see the growth and improvements that he's making. Obviously he's not even Brandon Clark right now, right? Somebody that he's compared to because of obvious reasons. Um, he's not Serge Ibaka, but the kid is 19 and he has grown tremendously since being drafted less than six months ago. And I think once he develops, hopefully he can develop a, re a reliable jumper. I think he's going to be special. And like I said, maybe I'm being way too Homer-ish here, um, way too fanboy, but I can't describe to you guys the excitement I have to watch the development of Baisley after he has an offseason to mature, get bigger, stronger, grow, and develop this coming season. So that is all the positives, all the negatives that I have so far. I want to go ahead. I didn't have too many Twitter questions, so I want to go ahead and uh, jump into those and answer those, and then we'll get out of here. So... The first of these comes from our guy, uh, Nate. Can I pronounce his Twitter handle? So we're just going to continue to call him Nate. He says, My wife claims to be a Thunder fan, but looked at me funny when I cheered and told her number five ain't nothing to F-U-C-K with. <laughs> Is this marriage emerging as a clown car of lies? Nate, absolutely. Wu-Tang is for the children. Wu-Tang Clan is nothing to F-U-C-K with. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hang in there. Stay strong. Uh, gotta love Lou and his contributions. Him and Deontay were awesome tonight, and obviously both were positives if I had time to, to throw them into this podcast. Um, 
We have Rise battling Rise. He's at is this team at its best with CP and Shea carrying most of the offense responsibility. I don't really want to see any more games where they combine for less than 25 shots, and I feel like we've seen our fair share of those this season, which I feel like is a very great question. And I, I do agree with you. Obviously, when you have uh, Gallo in there, I think those numbers probably will might not rise to that level because obviously you want Gallo to get a decent amount of shots as well. And you have so many offensive weapons that some, like Steven, for example, like those shots are going to get distributed. But I think this team is absolutely at its best when Chris and Shea and Gallo are the three that are carrying that load. Um, obviously, I think Dennis is going to get his, and you do want Steven to still get some decent looks. But I'm with you. I, I, I agree with that sentiment. And um, seeing Shea, what he's capable of doing in his growth this season, obviously Chris Paul. You want those guys to get those shots if, you, if you're trying to win basketball games, which which is a completely different uh, question. We have Tashir Cat CC, and you click on this, at Black Dolphin 5 asks, is Dort making a case for a position with the Thunder in the future? Do you see Chris Paul staying with the Thunder for the entire 2020-2021 season? Both great, great questions. I absolutely think Dort is making a case. When you take into consideration that Deontay Burton did a very similar thing last season and was able to get that last roster spot, Thunder also have a roster, roster spot open this season. I think Lou shows even more potential, potentially. <laughs> more potential, potentially. That's kind of funny. Uh, more so than Deontay did last season. So I'm with you there. I think Dort hopefully will make that full roster spot because if not, there's going to be a team 100% that picks him up. And I think Presley's very well aware of that and will make sure that Deont or not Deontay, excuse me, that Lou Dort will have a roster spot moving forward. Now, Chris Paul, um, I have no idea his future. I, I always have thought, at least the entirety of, of this season, that he probably would be traded around next summer um, when he's proven that he's had such a great season this year and can, can still can, can contribute and stay healthy, that a contender would go ahead and take a gamble on him. But there was an interesting um, interview that he had where he mentioned feeling appreciated. And that's where he, uh, it, being at a place where he felt appreciated was somewhere that he would want to finish his career. And obviously I'm paraphrasing, but you could see Chris Paul maybe kind of staying here after that. Watching this team grow from a reposition into a rebuild and then finally a contender once again. And he's almost like a coach at that, at that point. And I would not be necessarily um, upset at that because I don't think you're going to be chasing, for example, like a Giannis in free agency in, a, in another year. Um, you don't necessarily need all that cap space. So if CP wants to be that sideline coach as he continues to age and kind of decline, like I'm, I'm all for that. Um, so it'll be really interesting to kind of see if the offers that the Thunder get this offseason. If not, maybe he will develop into that kind of quote-unquote assistant coach role for example now uh ran xo real brand xo asks why does sga become passive when nobody can get going a really good question that i got really upset about when i was covering the raptors game this past wednesday honestly i think it's just because he's young also it's not really in his personality as much i don't think because we saw that at kentucky you know, when he was surrounded by all these five-star athletes, and it took him until the entirety of the season, the postseason, when he was finally the one that realized, I'm the one of the best players on this team. I'm going to, going to take control. Um, on a team like this, where he has Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder and other ball handlers and veterans, he's going to take a little bit of a back seat. But like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, 
that stretch where we saw him be the main ball handler. And I think, like, for example, next season, when I don't expect a lot of these vets to be around, he's going to be that main ball handler. And I think we're going to see him continue to progress there and realize that I am the man. Um, and that makes me really excited. Now, I'm not saying that he can be these, like, he can be he can be the Luka Doncic, for example, or the Trey Young for a team, for example. But if you surround him with the right players, I think he'll continue to grow and become more assertive and aggressive. I think we're seeing that just right before our very own eyes. So, uh, Brand XO, I would encourage you to kind of keep an eye on that as the season progresses because I've certainly noticed some improvement in that area, although I am with you in integrants. And then my last Twitter question here, Ham Thoven. At Hamthoven, which would you... Oh, this is a good question. Uh, pretty fun, too. Which would you rather have? Chris Paul's eyes, Stephen Adams' hair, and Ferg's vertical. Oh, man, that's so tough. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Stephen Adams' hair because it's just perfect and luscious and just incredible. Um, I'm going with Stephen's hair, but, man, Chris does have really good eyes. No homo. Um and no offense, saying uh, I'm all cool with all that. <laughs> but um, with that being said, I'll put Perk's vertical a second just because he has a, an absurd vertical. And if you could put that, like we always say, if you could like, if you could combine Hami and Ferg, like that just would be the most incredible athlete that the sports world has ever seen. And so um, I go Ferg's vertical second and Chris Paul's eyes third. But those would probably be like, the three top things, um, attributes that I would want from the Thunder team. So that's a really good question. All about that. Thank you, Ham Throven. Very good Twitter questions from all of you guys. As always, we are super appreciative and um, cannot thank you guys enough. So with that being said, I think that is all we have for tonight. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, er, fortunately, the Thunder ended up pulling this one off, snapping a two-game losing streak. And they're about to go on a little bit of a road stretch here, a two-game road stretch. They play the Rockets uh, Monday at 4 because it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which is awesome. And so we have basketball all day long. I love it so much. Um, so it's an early game. Be sure to tune in for that if you guys are off work or even afterwards. Um, or if you're lucky enough, tune in during work. <laughs> and then the Thunder played the Magic in Orlando Wednesday, 122. Uh, or, sorry, January 22nd at 6 p.m. So be sure to tune in for that as well. We will have you covered for both of those. Have you covered for all the Thunder games moving forward? We, got, uh, we kind of went viral tonight for a really fun tweet. I encourage you guys to go and check our account, and I'm sure you guys will find it. It involved a certain Dame Lillard. <laughs> and fortunately for us, we were able to gain a lot of followers from that, that tweet. So if you guys are some of those new followers and listening to this podcast, be sure to tune in because we have you guys covered for a Thunder and NBA-wide um, kind of a, a weekly recap group podcast. Every Sunday night we record, it drops Monday morning, and then after every post-game Thunder podcast, or <laughs> after every Thunder post-game, we have you guys covered with a post-game podcast. So be sure to continue to tune in. Really appreciate your guys' support. Follow Blue Wire. Follow us at the underscore uncontested. Follow me at Taylor underscore P15. Until next time, Thunder Up. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. 
Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.